Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You are listening to More Than a Season podcast with Ashley and Brittany. Join us as we walk through what life is like supporting someone within the sports industry. Real, authentic, behind-the-scenes look at what the support system experiences but no one discusses. Grab a drink, sit back, and listen because we are about to get real. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Stop listening. Press pause. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the ratings and reviews. Select five stars and give us a review. And if you're on Spotify, click our podcast page and click follow and download to listen to all of our episodes. Thanks so much. Enjoy this episode. Hello. Hey. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. We are very excited. We have a special guest that's near and dear to our heart. Yes, we're super excited about this guest. Not that we're not excited about every guest, but especially this guest. (laughs) Yeah, this is a special one. So I am going to hand it on over to her and let her just get started. Oh, wow. You girls are just awesome. What an introduction. So I'm Jenny Bellantoni, and my husband is Rock Bellantoni. We were fortunate enough to be with you two last year. It was so much fun. We had a blast in Washington with you guys. Currently, we are at uh, Utah State. We just moved here a couple of months ago, and everyone else moved on as well. And it's been such a ride. We have been married, oh my goodness, almost 22 years. I can't believe I'm saying that out loud. (laughs) We have had seven stops along the way. So the first stop that Rock was at was Buena Vista University, and that was the school that I was going to. So I was at BG playing softball, and he was there as a first-time coach. So at first, we were kind of like, should we keep this quiet? But the head coach was perfectly fine with it. But that was fun. So we moved on from BD and just our our stops quickly along the way were Drake, Eastern Illinois, Villanova, and then we went down to Florida. We were at Florida Atlantic. We were at Washington State, and now we're at Utah State. So Tim being from New York and myself being from Iowa, it's just such a crazy connection. People are always like, how did this Iowa farm girl meet this New York Italian guy? And I'm like, well, let me tell (laughs) you. It's a fun journey that we've been on, and um, we just enjoy the ride. One thing is along the way are several stops. We were in eastern Illinois the longest, and we were there 12 years. Kind of amazing because one thing that we have that not a lot of coaching families have is our four boys were born in the same hospital. We had the same doctors. And that's kind of unheard of. You know, we were happy that they were all born there in Charleston, Illinois. Our boys currently are Gino is 18. Marco is 16, about to be 17. He would want me to say that. (laughs) And then we have twins that are 14 and um, they're in eighth grade. So eighth grade, junior in high school and a freshman in college. So that's where we're at right now. And the other thing too is within our six moves that we did, we actually could say that we moved eight times because we are one of those crazy football families that actually moved twice within the same town. (laughs) So when we were at FAU, we were far, far away from the campus and the school that the boys were going to. So we um, ended up moving within town. And then also when we were in Illinois, fun little side story, we moved around the corner and that was back 
before the flat screens where the big TVs were actually the big TVs. And we had a couple of football players literally push and wheel the TV around the two blocks to our other house. It was like, who does this? This is crazy. You know, all the moves that we've been in and, and the journey that we've been on, I wouldn't change a thing. I would not change one thing. Did you even know what you were getting yourself into in the beginning when you were that softball girl and, you know, you met him and you're like, you know, he's probably, you know, used one of his Italian slang pickup lines <laughs> and came after you, you know, while you were playing. But did you even know what this lifestyle would hold? Yes and no. I mean, I had brothers that played football and they almost went on to college to play football as well. And I kind of, you know, had some ideas, but, you know, I always tell almost every young wife, girlfriend, significant other that I meet, you need to make sure that when you hear, will you marry me? You need to know what that means because there's a big asterisk next to that when you're dealing with a football coach. It's not just yes. It's okay. Will you marry me through toting kids around the country and all these other things that go along with the um, football family part of it, you really have to look at it. So I I knew she actually did a good job of kind of giving me a heads up with his Italian accent. Not going to be easy. <laughs> Not going to be living in Iowa by your mom the whole, your whole life. And that was okay with me. I was all for it. And I was excited for the journey. It's been fun. You guys are just such a strong couple and such a strong family. I feel like everyone can kind of see it from the outside looking in. But going along with that, I guess you kind of knew what you're getting into. So how did you relay that to your sons? Because they are, just so everyone knows, they're like the most well-behaved, like respectful boys ever. And so I'm sure that was kind of difficult in the beginning, though, having to explain all of this lifestyle to them. Yeah, you know, and it just starts at the beginning. I mean, if you just raise them that way, we are always big on really having little talks along the road, you know, and sometimes those talks are after one of their baseball games you know, this happened, but let's talk about it. And our boys just know this is our life. This is how we're going to live. Now, what I love about the fact that they're older now is we have conversations with them. You know, obviously the end conversation is mommy and daddy's decision. <laughs> but the last few times where Rock has had some opportunities and some different options, we've actually sat them down and said, okay, these are like kind of our choices. What do you boys think? What are you thinking about all this? And it's nice when your children reach a certain age where you can have that conversation with them and really think about in depth about, you know, their feelings and their thoughts about things. But as far as along the road, you know, I think, and you two know, a lot of it has to do with our faith. You know, we grew up and we're just a very faithful Christian family. My boys went to a Christian school for a few years in Florida. And that's a big part of our life. You know, you're respectful. You carry yourself in a certain way to where people are seeing you out in public. You know, you're the coach's kid. So whether it's a good thing or not, you're seen in public as that coach's kid. And, you know, those are the little things that we talk to our boys about. But like you said, we're just blessed. I mean, they're just good kids. Knock on wood. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> I keep like, patting you on the back for your parenting skills because when I when I first met oh. Jenny and she had the boys kind of like walked behind her when she came up to the tailgate and they were all helping her and I was like oh my gosh they're they're so mature for for just their ages and I just was like observing so well done Jenny and Rock oh, but <laughs> that first 
move like in the beginning and um this was moving from your first like college experience going to that first school so did you feel like in the beginning you needed to find your identity well the the neat thing was the first move was easier because it was still within iowa we went from bb where i was going to school to drake and you know a fun little side note on that Drake is in Des Moines, Iowa, where the capital is. And when I left BV and I became a teacher, my very first teaching job, I just happened to get within a great school system of Ankeny, Iowa, which was 10 minutes north of Rock's job. Like, what are the chances? Like, we didn't even try it. I got that job. And a few weeks later, he got the Drake job. And then he's like, so we're still getting married, right? You know, it was kind of like, okay, this is actually going to work, right? (laughs) But the move to Drake, that was a little bit easier because my family wasn't too far. But I have to say, moving from Drake to Eastern Illinois was a little bit more rough. Everybody goes through things in life. Everyone has their own stories, their own journeys. Obviously, mine, and we'll talk later about my breast cancer, is a big part of it. But when we moved from Drake to Eastern Illinois, I was actually pregnant and had a miscarriage along the way. So that was a big event in my life. And think about going through that at the same time that you're moving completely away from all of your family, all of your support system. So that was a really tough thing to go through. And I I tell a lot of people about that because that's just something that, you know, we went through and we dealt with it. And within months, I was pregnant with Gino and, and, you know, and now we have four happy, healthy boys. So every time someone goes through one of those moves in this journey of football (laughs) life, there's always little things you have to deal with. In the end, it's all about how much do you let it bother you or how much do you let it affect the next stage in your life. And and we just chose, you know what, we're going to Eastern, we're going to have a blast and things are going to perk up and they did. And we ended up having all four of our boys there. So it, you know, it, it worked out in the end. I think your perspective is honestly just like, it's so amazing. And, you know, it's what everyone wants to have in this lifestyle because it's such mm-hmm. a crazy lifestyle. But if you don't mind, if we go to the time when you had your breast cancer, when you found out mm-hmm. you guys were in Florida, right at this point. Yeah. Okay. And then I know he got a job in Buffalo. Oh boy. It's like, I need to write a book someday. <laughs> Again, this goes back to every move in a football family's life, something happens. But what was so crazy about this is head coach got released the end of December, we all found out we're done, you know, and here we are in this beautiful location. We loved it there. We wanted to stay there a long time, but we all know it just doesn't happen. And Rock said, okay, we have time. And fortunately, we were one of the football families that had an extended contract. Thank God. He was able to sit there with me for a little bit if needed. Well, within one month is when I was like, huh, kind of a sore spot, you know, maybe I should go get this checked out. I got yearly mammals because my mother had breast cancer, so I've been getting yearly. My yearly wasn't due till April, but in January, I was feeling something. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to go in early. So here I am going into the doctor. Thankful we still have insurance. Thankful we still have a contract. And amazing, amazing doctors down there in South Florida found it quickly. I had two large spots. And it was pretty contained, but at the same time, it was starting to burst. So they said, you know, we have a decision to make. And at that point, when I went home and told my husband, he had actually received a couple of phone calls 
about jobs and he turned them down and we haven't told anybody to this day where and whatever but he knew he still had a contract for a while and he said i'm not i'm not going i'm going to stay here we're going to fight this together you know that's pretty amazing to me and my husband tells his players all the time football's amazing but the very first thing is your faith and the second thing is your family and then comes football he showed me he showed me his putting his family in front of his a job that he absolutely loves and he's absolutely good at. And he stayed with me that whole spring. It went quick. We found out, we got into the doctor. I had my bilateral mastectomy with complete reconstruction. All of that happened within three months. Took care of things fast, everything went fast. And I started my recovery. And then he received the phone call about Buffalo. And I said, I'm good. <laughs> I've got the boys here. They're old enough to help. We had a built support system down there in Florida that was amazing. And you know, some of the football lives that were still around, they were contacting me, even though a lot of our staff had went off. I still had all of our baseball family, all of our school, our, you know, Boca Christian, all of those people were amazing help. And I said, I'm good. Go take that job. We're ready. So it was such a quick process and all of those decisions we made together. And we sat down as a family and made together. The boys knew from the start what was happening with me. I walked my boys through the entire process and they were just awesome. They were awesome. They were a very big help because of course, you know, you get done and you can't lift your arms you can't lift anything you can't do anything for a long time so yeah my boys were rock stars helping me out afterwards and the recovery was pretty good it was pretty easy i actually was teaching preschool at the time and i went back to work this is kind of crazy now that i say it out loud i'm like i can't believe i did this but i was back in my classroom in less than three weeks after a bilateral mastectomy my aide was helping to do things but i was in my classroom working sitting down a lot and they're like, you're crazy. And I said, you know what, though? I'm a talker. I have to be around people. I can't sit at home and do anything. So I did not let cancer define me. I did not let cancer put me in a little rabbit hole stressing about it. I just said, you know what? It's done. We took care of it. I'm a survivor. And I'm moving on with life. So Rock went up to Buffalo. I went back to work. And life went on. I I have like tears in my eyes. I'm like so overwhelmed. It's just such a wonderful story. I want to ask when you received that information in the beginning, I feel like for people that do have a faith, um, when bad things happen to really good people in the moment, a lot of the time you can question where are you and why and what is going on with me. And so in that moment, if you don't mind sharing, how did you keep that? solid faith there were times that were tough you know there were times where I got all the, I got the boys off to school and I'm in all my wrapping and everything after my surgery and I just went in my bedroom and sat and cried it happens it's going to happen and I have actually have a really close person to me a really important close person in my life just found out they have cancer and I just said it's okay it's okay to be upset about little things but at the end of the day you just have to be a fighter. You just have to keep going. When I was originally told by my doctor on the phone, I remember vividly, which most people who get told you have cancer do, you know, I just said, okay, what's next? What do we do next? I didn't start crying on the phone. I just said, 
okay, I have cancer. I know that we're going to take care of it. So what's the next step? Who am I going in to see? Who do I need to call? Let's go and let's do this. And that's just, I guess that's just the attitude I've always had. I don't know if it has to do with being a farm girl that grew up on a farm and her parents raised her right. And I worked my butt off growing up on the farm. And, you know, you just kind of have this attitude of, okay, here we go. Let's just move on to the next. And I, I took cancer that way too. You know, you keep fighting, you keep your faith. I stayed in my Bible. I did my devotions. I had family around me that was constantly, you know, reminding me. And of course, I always go back to, you know, the people at Boca Raton Christian School in Florida, where I was teaching and the boys were going to school, they were amazing during that time. That's where I was when it happened. They helped walk me through it. And all of those people will forever be a big part of our hearts and our lives. You just have such a positive perspective, I feel like, with everything going on and, and, you know, especially in those hard times. I'm just interested in, you know, we always talk about being present on our podcast and, and really diving into, like, where you're where you're at or where you're planted. And obviously, you know, you definitely did that in Florida because you had that amazing support system. Can you talk a little bit about like what that experience was like when you first got there to be able to build that support group around you? Because it's not exactly your family, but you've kind of built it to be your family. You really have to. And, you know, I tell a lot of people getting into the business, a lot of young wives and girlfriends, you know, when you move, when you first get to a location, you can't just go into your home and shut the doors. You have to be someone that kind of puts yourself out there because your husband's out there. They're a public figure. They're out there seeing people all the time, but we have to be someone that lives our lives as well. So as a wife, I would just always make sure I would go introduce myself. And, you know, it's funny because we use the term, and I'm sure others do too. Sometimes you have to use your husband's name and job to help push things forward. And I'm not saying, you know, like, oh, I want to get a discount on something. I'm just saying, if I meet someone and we start a conversation, sometimes it's helpful to bring up, oh, yeah, you know, my husband, oh, where's he coach? Oh, really? And then you start to talk to these people and you find all these things you have in common. And, you know, I've used that a lot throughout my life. And also at my boys' baseball, my boys being so involved in baseball since they were babies, Really, I mean, honestly, one year old hit swinging the bat. Our baseball family has been so huge everywhere we've been. When we were in Florida, Marco, my current 16-year-old, he had a practice with a new team on day two of living in Florida. We moved from Philadelphia to Florida, and on day two, because my husband is so psycho about it, he already had it all set up with a new team and new practices. And anyone that knows my husband knows everywhere we go. By the time we arrive, by the time we open, unlock that door, we've already got a team. <laughs> so the baseball teams we're on and our school setting, I always make sure I go out there. And obviously, I have no problem talking to people and, and um, carrying a conversation. That's been something that's been easy for me my whole life. But even for those that it's not easy, sometimes you just got to break out a little bit and find someone close by and try to find someone that has similar interests as you. And then lastly, of course, obviously, the football wives and your football family. You know, it's so important to have a gathering as soon as you get a new staff together, getting to know each other and um, helping each other out because that's your family. That's your family everywhere you go. We're all here in this town. 
most likely with no family close by. And your football family is your family. So it's so important to get to know them as soon as possible. Yeah, that's all really great to hear. I do want to talk about the waiting period because you handled it with so much grace and we have some friends that did it as well. But for those that are listening, Jenny was and her family was with Brittany and I at Washington State and they're obviously, you know, staff changes, everything like that and people move and people go to different things. So there was a long waiting period Mm -hmm. and then quarantine hit. So how did y'all as a family, I mean, not knowing where you were going, just embrace that. You know, at times, you've maybe been in this position or not, but you kind of turn into a little bit of a um, counselor for your husband (laughs) because they'll go through stages and I went through stages as well. You know, they get a little stressed and then you kind of have to talk them off the ledge and then you have some good days and then you hear the stress in their voice again. But yeah, there was a, a double dose of, okay, what now when we were in Washington? Because here we were, found out we weren't going with, and so we were sitting and waiting, and then COVID hit. But for us, the quarantine, fortunately, we were still okay financially and insurance-wise and all that good stuff, because to be honest, when you have kids, that's one of the most important things. And not when you don't have kids, it's still important, but the insurance and all of that, I was not working. I am a teacher, but I did not work in Washington, so he was it. Lots of shows and movies. Let me tell you something. We could sit down and some days, oh my goodness, we would do 10 episodes of one show. We were just binge. I've never binged like that before, but we binge watch shows like crazy. I know a lot of stress relief for us was walks. We would go for walks. You guys know in Pullman, all those beautiful trails right behind our house. And we just kind of made a pact that we were going to walk twice a day, just the two of us. And that was our time that we would really talk through things that we needed to talk through. If he was stressing about something, he would talk through it. But yeah, like you said, a double dose of not only knowing you're not coming back to that university, but you're still sitting in the town and you're still there and you can't go anywhere because of quarantine. I'm sure there's many people across the country in that situation. And, you know, we were fortunate that we were in a location where it was beautiful area that we could go out and go for our walks. And then, you know, we just kind of stuck to a routine, especially with the boys. They were doing the online learning and they were doing their workouts daily. And of course, those poor boys, when you have a football coach for a dad and he wants to make sure you continue working out during quarantine, God bless them. Because (laughs) my boys, I would open the garage door and Ross would be out there. I swear he had a whistle. He's pointing left and right and they're doing up downs. And I'm like, what is going on? They're not your football players. But yeah, our quarantine was just, it was really, we were very routine. We kept our routine. We walk in the morning, everybody did their workout. We did our activities. We just kept things as, as normal as you possibly could. And we had a lot of laughs. And one important thing that we always did too, which I hope a lot of people did, was we made sure to um, support local businesses and eat out somewhere in Pullman, take out at least once a week. Sometimes it was twice. And if I was really lazy, maybe three times, but (laughs) quarantine, I was glad to be done with that. You know, I was glad to move on and move on with our lives and start the new location, start the new friend making, start the new process. Yeah, just very important that we, you know, kept our routine and kept working out and kept talking because like you said, it's like a double dose. Not only are you quarantined, but then you're also dealing with 
what's happening with our job. Open communication is very important to us, and that's what we that's what we did. I just want to talk about communication too and talk about your guys' relationship just as a couple. What do you guys do to really continue to build just your relationship, just you two, especially when you have all those boys and all that stuff going on? It is. It is. And it, it's tough for anyone right now. I mean, just with everything, it's not only the moving the job and the new location and them not knowing, are we going to have a season? Are we not going to have a season? But then you're also, okay, here's the other side of it. When are we going to see each other? When are we going to have our time together? You know, how are we going to do all of this? And then, oh, yeah, take care of the four boys and all of their schedules. You know, we just, our evenings, we'll put our feet up and we'll watch, yes, we're Yankee fans. (laughs) We'll watch our Yankees. (laughs) And we talk about it, you know, and, and if there's things that we need to discuss and go over, we go over, you know, even today, there was something on my heart with, person important to me that is going through cancer and I called him in the middle of the day I had like 10 minutes while I was teaching while the kids were still at recess and I'm like I I just needed to talk to him I just needed to tell him and then he walked me through it and we have those conversations and that's what I like you know he has something on his heart he'll tell me and I'll help him out with it and if I have something on my heart like we just try to stay open about the little things even if it's hey you're driving me nuts about this it's okay (laughs) Honey, I really wish that. (laughs) And I try to use my words. As a teacher, I like to use the teaching with love and logic. Well, even at home, I think the the, uh, dealing with your spouse with love and logic. I don't know. Maybe I should write that book. (laughs) We're just very open. We um, enjoy our times that we maybe go out to eat without the boys. And it's so nice now that they're older. I can say, you know, okay, see you later. We're going to dinner, you know. Don't leave the fridge open when you're hunting for food. But other than that, it's just open communication. And that's just something that we have so many similar interests. We both love baseball. We both love football. You know, we go for long walks any day of the week. And it's just finding that time is hard. So you just got to keep trying and keep working at it and, and keep the communication open at all times. My next question was just how, because you do not hold any bitterness in your heart at all. At least I have never seen it. So I I just think that you are just an amazing example of that. But I do want to know how you do remove that resentment that can reside there when they're gone all the time and you're taking care of the Mm -hmm. boys. Um, Because obviously we don't have children, so we don't feel that pressure yet. Um, But you can Mm -hmm. still have that bitterness rise up if you don't communicate with uh, your significant other. So how do you rid yourself of that that can creep up over time? I think it's just the fact that over time is a key word there. Over time, I've learned that, okay, this is our life. This is the way it is. So I need to handle things accordingly. I have my planner in front of me. I'm still one of those people that uses a paper planner. um, And I write everything in there. And we plan everything out week to week. And if there's something that I feel like I can't address, then I ask him for help or we figure it out. But as far as just me being the one to take care of the boys and do all those things, I really never had a problem with it. I just feel it as like, you know what, this is my job. This is how I am contributing to our family by taking care of our kids, by getting all the meals planned out, by running them around. She's contributing to our family by having this awesome, fun job that we get to go watch all of his games and, you know, provide for our family. I guess it just really hasn't been a big issue throughout our lives. As a teacher, 
someone, I have been a special education teacher and elementary teacher, I've, and now I'm a substitute teacher, which is very intense right now during COVID, and I'm needed every single day. And if I do have to work day in, day out, we just communicate and plan those days out. But over the years, I've just learned that this is my job, and it's fun, and I love doing it. And if I ever need help, that's something that as a coach's wife, you know, like I said in the past, you just have to open up and you have to ask for it. And don't be afraid to ask for help. There's times where I'm on a team thread with my team and I'm like, okay, people, I got to be in three places tonight and rock that practice. Who can help me? And it's amazing how people are like, I'll help. I can do it. I'm here. I'm there, you know, and they want to help. And so I've found over the years that it gets easier and easier to ask for that help when it's needed. But just loving what you do as a wife of a football coach is so important. And that goes all the way back to our original conversation. Know what you're getting into when he asks you to marry you. <laughs> it's all of it. It's not just, yes, okay, here we go. It's yes and all of this that comes with it. So it's so important to realize that when you're young. So I'm sure we could talk to you for like hours, but our last question is if you were to go back and tell yourself originally starting out in this journey or someone new starting out in this journey, one thing or two things, what would you tell yourself? Wow. One or two things. I would say no matter where you're at and no matter what job your husband has, don't ever change who you are as a person because there's people that are really, really good coaches that maybe aren't at a really big popular school. And those wives are working just as hard and they're just as amazing as the wives of coaches that are at the big time, multi-million dollar jobs. And that doesn't matter. You know, everywhere you go, we might move on to a new school and it's somebody I don't know, they don't know me, but we're going to be the people that we are no matter what. I'm always going to be me. I'm always going to be a vocal person. I'm always going to be out there being a little silly and crazy at times. And I'm always going to be out there being the one that wants to have fun and help plan things. And that doesn't matter whether we're at this school here or this school there. Just being out there, being yourself and having fun with the wives. Because like I said, that's your family. The coach's wives is your family. Everywhere you go, if you're fortunate enough to be close to your actual family, God bless you, but it's not very normal. So make the coaches and the coaches' wives your family, and it just helps you to get through the years, and it helps you to just enjoy what your husband does for a living. I I really want to thank you so much for coming on here and just spreading all your wisdom, because every time we talk to you, I feel like I just learned something new that I can, you know, better myself, um, and we do miss you, so it's been so great having you on. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this interview on More Than a Season podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at More Than a Season underscore Women's Guide for the latest updates. You can also follow our personal Instagram accounts at Ashley M. Kramer and Britt Labby. We would love it if you would download, subscribe, and leave us a review on your choice of platform. Thank you so much. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.